0: Welcome to episode 17 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengas, And we are hosted on GeekAid.com. What's your geek? So, Magic has had, after that dry spell we had last month of like pulling up the threads of news from Magic and D&D, <laughs> um, both of them have had an incredible influx of well- just...
1: What would information you say that we have uh, an embarrassment of riches of Magic: The Gathering information. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, and D anD D too. As you might recall from our last cast, we were on the precipice of what was going to be the um, hour of or That's not right. That's it's the annihilation, stream of annihilation, yeah, stream of annihilation. Yeah. Yes. Stream of annihilation. Um, and we could only speculate what it would have to entail. Um, yes. We'll get to that in a few. Since that time. Magic has had their 25th anniversary, like week of announcements, announcements and craziness. Hmm. Um, to start it off, uh, there's an MMO coming out yeah. being created in the Magic the
1: Gathering world. Which was whole, not wholly unexpected, but not like something we thought would be happening as soon as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be developed by the same people who did Neverwinter. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's going to be that's Perfect World and Cryptic Studios. Um, uh, people thought it was just going to be a normal RPG, but it turned out to be actually a, a massively multiplayer online RPG or an MMO. Yeah, um, they haven't really revealed much information regarding it. Uh, they've just largely said that you know it's a Magic the Gathering experience uh, like you've never experienced before, and they're ecstatic about the direction the game Cryptic has been shaping. Uh, it has always been a dream of ours to bring Magic's Planeswalkers to a modern RPG. Uh, if this, you know, if this entails that, you know, I mean, we have to be playing as Planeswalkers. I'm right? assuming that's
0: what it is. I'm assuming everybody's that custom Planeswalker. Now that
1: Planeswalkers are more human than like normal,
0: like I'm, even even so, I just feel like you're going to play a Planeswalker, and you're probably not going to pick it by like race per se. You'd pick it by color. Yeah, and the colors that you pick will determine like.
1: I would hope that there's some races though.
0: I don't know. Maybe I, I don't. It, know. I mean, Maybe like, the colors if, are going to be the class. Listen, I, all I know is this: if it if it plays like Neverwinter, will I enjoy it? Probably. But the issue that I had with Neverwinter, and we discussed this way back on like way back when episode two or three, um, Neverwinter is very very heavy. Like, can you play the game for free? Yes. Neverwinter is a free to play MMO. If you want to succeed and be top tier in the game. Um, Can you play for free? The answer is absolutely not. It is Neverwinter feasibly is a, I mean, it is a free MMO and there's a feasible way for you to be top tier without ever paying a cent. But it it would take time beyond time to accomplish what
1: could be accomplished by dishing out money that they want i mean it's a very profitable mmo strategy honestly it, especially if you're going to do a free to play mmo it is which i'm assuming Magic the gathering online is going to be a free to play MMO, right and i get it i get that they have to supplement
0: those monthly subscription costs with a way to make players want to pay money for the game i totally get it but i don't want to pay money for the
1: game i'd be curious to see i mean we already have kind of like they've already been kind of like um, they've been manipulating, like, what the archetypes are going to be. Because, you know, we always think to ourselves what a green player is going to be, what's a black player going be? to be. We kind of have those archetypes. In example, with the Gatewatch, you know, uh white's probably going to be kind of like a uh, battle, battle. of yes yeah. like control, a melee kind of combat, kind of do healers, probably, yeah. um, you know. Red's going to be kind of like a caster kind of type fire, you know, you know fire and aggressors and grace, stuff like, like that. Barbarians. Yeah. Green's going to be kind of like control. kind nah, of green's probably going to be like growing, sp- I It's hard to
0: think of. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speculate. Okay. I don't want to speculate. I just want to say speculation's this. Speculation's
1: what we do, Dave. That's true.
0: <laughs> but I just I want to say that if it plays, ninety like percent of it our does, podcast is speculation. I in this one scenario, I prefer to. Just kind of see where they go with it. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to hold expectations. I just want to think that hopefully it won't be as pay to play as Neverwinter is. Um, Makes sense. Yeah.
1: So anyway, um, there's no exact uh, date as to when they're going to be releasing it. Um, so you just have to keep your ears and eyes to the ground. Yeah, and I mean that was really that was the big thing. Of, I mean, there's other things like they're discontinuing I mean, their iOS app, which is unfortunate for some people. No, it's about time. It <laughs> needed to die. It needed to die, and I'm glad it did. Um, so next we got, uh, on Monday, well, technically the first thing on um, well, we heard about MMO before, but on Monday we got the, uh, they announced what the, the new block structure was going to be. Yeah. They called called it metamorphosis 2.0, which harkens to their first metamorphosis article where they talked about changing up the block <laughs> structure.
0: Right. And I, and I had called this, um, almost like I had called at least the beginning of the week, almost perfectly when Jangus and I had kind of talked about what this might be. And I was essentially right. They're just changing the way the rotation is happening again. It's essentially somewhat going back to what it was before. Kind of. Kind of. And they're bringing back core sets, um, which, for better or for, I mean, I, I'm heads and tails. Yeah. I'm heads and tails for the same reason that they're heads and tails about corset because the, the problem that they have with the core set is the problem that I always have with the core set. Um,
1: the problem not that Wizard says new is cards to- yeah.
0: It, it, the problem Wizard says with the core sets were that it always felt like they never knew who the core sets were for. Was it for new players trying to get into the game, or was it for experienced players trying to pick up some new cards? Like who do you make? Who do you make a core set for? Who do you tailor it to? Yeah, because if you tailor it only to the new players, then no experienced players are going to buy it. If you tailor it to only the experienced players, then what's the point? Like, then it doesn't make sense to be a core set for new bees. Like, you much. know, what I mean.
1: So new bees.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> As opposed to old bees.
1: Uh, um, yeah.
0: So what they ended up doing was they got rid of it at for better, or for worse. And now it's coming back. Um, in pog form. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, that was my same issue with it. My same issue with the core set was every time a core set came out, I would look at the cards and I'd be like, Oh, I have most of these. Yeah. But then there would always be, like... Those chase rares and, yeah, like, those Yeah, and mythics. I'd be like, oh, I'd be really cool to get that. And then I'd buy the corset, like, you You're know... You're stuck
1: with a lot of duplicates you don't
0: want, and... Right, and I'd be like, oh, I don't like this. Then the next corset would come out, and I would pass on it, but then inevitably later, I'd, like, want some, like, even a common or an uncommon... And I would just be like, what's this from? Where? When did this card come out? And it'd be like, some random core set. And I was like, oh, that's that core set I never picked up a copy of because I thought it was, you know, it was beneath me. Um, so for better or for worse, it's coming back. I think the best core set they probably ever made, in my opinion, um, in recent years, was
1: the last one they made. Magic Origins was really great. Because it was like, there was lots of different like approaches to the cards. Like the flipping planeswalkers. It yeah. was like crazy. And I like the... I like the the story kind of like aspect of it that they went, kind of like retelling how these these planeswalkers came to like yeah, get their spark. they're The new fifty two of the Magic Universe, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that um, was another thing to discuss in this article, is that they understand that they've been kind of they they want to push the the Gatewatch, because they were the protagonists of this you know whole thing. Um, but now they understand that players really don't like seeing them in every single set. Yeah. So they may or may not show up in a set. You might get other Planeswalkers and, like... When Planeswalkers were just the original five, when it was a Johnny, uh, Jace,
0: Chandra, Garak, and Liliana, like, that was exciting. Yeah. It was, what are these cards? And, like, you know, they... <laughs> Planeswalkers. And they, there weren't many of them and then I remember how exciting it was to get like your first like I think shards of alara was the first like there's new planeswalkers. There yeah. wasn't many of them and only one was someone we saw before and he was different. It was a Johnny Vengeant. You were like, "Oh, Johnny, like he's gotten <laughs> he's gotten all red." <laughs> I know. Um and it was it was just really exciting. There was a time where I thought planeswalkers were like you know, it was like, it was like it was like it was like that ultimate rare they were just like, Oh man, I got a planeswalker. Now you pull a walker and you're either just like, I'm so tired of seeing this character, or you're like, This is the shit walker, where's the good walker? want <laughs> You know what I mean? Like there was never really a time that, I feel like there didn't used to be a time where you're like, This is the bad planeswalker. Granted, our original Chandra wasn't great. Dex fade in. But like I remember like when Conflux came out and Nicol Bolas came out first as a planeswalker, yeah. you know, because like he'd already been a creature, but then like you know, back as a planeswalker. You got his planeswalkers Look, part. I remember like that was like the only planeswalker card in the set. Fun story. I pulled two in my box, one of them foil. How fun. Um that was an incredible night. Uh <laughs> but it's too bad that card isn't worth more. Um but I will tell you that it's just <laughs> Don't it tell is, you that. It is just one of those really awesome things that its value has depreciated <laughs> in recent times. Mm-hmm. You know? Because it's just like how... What do you do? What do you do with all these planeswalkers running around
1: everywhere? Yeah. So now they're changing it up. So it's going to be... They're going to mix up the, the the cast every set, which is good. Um, you know, I like that. I like that design. Yeah. Um, so now that they're doing they're doing the different uh, Gatewatch, they're making it so... They're also getting rid of Masterpieces. Not entirely, but... They're going to be... It's not every set.
0: Yeah. Because they also realize that that's also becoming a bit much... Overdone.
1: Anime. Especially for, like, you know... Especially since you don't really, like, uh, you don't really always get them and it's like it, I, haven't, it, I haven't pulled one it's kind of disheartening to see him in every set and then you like i haven't pulled one machine like, mine <laughs> hey. and then like uh, and then you see like oh wait i didn't get one this time so it's not, i appreciate that they're kind of mixing up i hope they'll i hope they also increase the distribution of them with that um a fun fact i think we talked about this last time but i'm pretty sure pre-release packs have a better chance
0: of pulling um, I master that's a rumor
1: i don't think that's a guarantee i
0: don't think it's guaranteed but it has happened enough to where i think that yeah. Like maybe it, wizards won't confirm it because yeah. they don't want you to know that. But I'm almost positive the pre-release packs have a better chance of pulling. That <laughs> I means
1: pre-release. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they also made it so that the instead of doing the structure where you'll have one big set, one small set, now every set is a big set. Right. Um, and the sets are not
0: contained to any structure in terms of like it's not like it has to be. Two sets on Mirrodin, followed by two sets on Alara. It's just going to be, they're going to stay on a plane as long as they feel like they need to, and then move to planes when they feel like they, when the story is done. So maybe you only go, maybe we return to Alara in a couple sets, and they only feel like we need to be there for one set. Once we're done, we're done. We don't we don't say, oh, Alara part two is coming out. Mm -hmm. Um... So that's really interesting. That's a yeah, big change from the I like that how that's because that makes
1: drafts a lot more fun because now you're drafting from large sets and like each set, oh no, each set's drafted alone. Yep. Um, because it's a large set. So that's going to be more cards in the card pool. More interesting cards for all forms of play whether it be standard, modern, uh or EDH, um commander. Right. You know, that's great. Um, it might I don't know if they're going to change up the the budget, the card budget because of that, but um I mean like you know I doubt it yeah uh but and then the last change that they talked about was that uh they so because of the current debacle uh which we'll talk about in, in a little bit actually we could kind of like address it now and kind of combine it uh they banned Aetherworks Marvel
0: yeah that was the next <laughs> thing they were going to say
1: they predictably banned
0: Marvel because the moment they banned their little cat combo um, everybody just went to use Marvel instead,
1: and now they ban that. So this is like a very a series of band. How many band? Like it's it's two bands, three bands, two or three bands in the course in, of like one, one yeah month. Um, they decided that because they 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 admit they didn't realize how the repercussions of this. So behind the scenes, they're creating a new a new team. That they call the uh, the play design team, uh, and this team—that's <laughs> the team that's going to sit there and play Magic the
0: Gathering nonstop to find the broken things. Pretty much, it's a quality <laughs> assurance team.
1: I mean, I'm sure they already had QA to begin with, but I'm sure this, this is more. Is, this is this is like pro player QA is focused, and like These, this is going this, to analyze this team it. Is
0: going to be people who play the game, I think probably competitively and uh-huh. are winners, and people who can look at it and say, okay. What can we break? How can we break it?
1: Yeah. And they're going to be looking for every single which way, every single format about how they can break certain cards with the cards that are currently available. Because Um, they probably won't care about Commander. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. They
0: don't like banning cards, but they especially don't like banning cards in standard and then secondly, in Modern. And they especially vintage,
1: don't like banning multiple cards
0: yeah. in one block. Like Vintage and <laughs> Legacy, Commander, casual formats, or the older formats, that's one thing.
1: Because... They want to keep them healthy, but that's not where their money is. Right. <laughs>
0: that's not where the money is. And also, like, there's so many cards to look out for in those sets that it's almost impossible to to make a card that couldn't be broken, potentially in some way, somehow. Um, if it becomes a problem, they'll just throw the band hammer in. But they want... The cards that they make, they want to sell them, and they want people to use them. So they don't want to ban them. If you ban something in standard, like standard is the profitable format. That's the format where your cards are rotating, where everybody needs the newest cards, Mm -hmm. where everybody's got to buy. You don't want to ban a card. No, you don't. You just don't want to do it. (laughs) You don't
1: want to do it. (laughs) What's the deal with airplane
0: food? (laughs) on Paul or uh, Jerry Jesus Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> Paul Seinfeld Actually, I was gonna brother. say I was gonna say Paul riser oh um, don't ask me where the
1: hell that came from uh,
0: but anyway those are the, those were the big announcements those are the changes um, during
1: their metamorphosis metaphor- 2.0 but that
0: was just Monday
1: Tuesday was the ban.
0: Tuesday was the ban hammer uh, on Aetherworks Marvel where they were just like, you know, mea culpa, and uh And
1: then Wednesday was their big like product re- uh, lineup announcement yeah, for the next coming... Yeah, uh, it was the
0: 25th anniversary announcement day.
1: They did a fun little video where we got to kind of see like the, you know, the, the many different floors of Wizards uh, when it comes to magic. And you got to see how the different levels of people when it comes to like, you know, uh, like a PR to designers, to artists, to Morrow, uh, to, <laughs> you know. Like. And
0: uh, here's the announcements. Yeah. Uh, First off, the to- next world we're going to is Exelon. Ixalan. Ixalan. Where, <laughs> I- we're quirked, Pirates. all we know so far is that pirate Vraska, like the Medusa, <laughs> Vraska battles dinosaurs.
1: Yes. What? Uh, um, I like it because I want that dinosaur. I mean, we should probably we should probably talk about the elephant in the room. No, nope, we'll get there. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, the elephant's gonna stay there for a second. Yeah. Hey, elephant. Hey, how's it going? You elephant? Chill. You chill for a sec.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but then after that, it talked about how and the next
1: set's gonna be rivals. rivals of, of Ex-S1. Ex-S1. Um, uh, These are still then, these are still the normal uh, big set, small set. They think it's after this set is gonna be the oh no uh, after Exolot. I think. Yeah. Um, but then there's something called Explorers
0: of Exelon, which is an out-of-the-box multiplayer magic experience that challenges you to defeat your opponents along the way as you search for the lost city. This is kind of like Magic's version of Hearthstone Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> this is Magic's version of the game that we were going to create and then we decided not to create, which we'll talk no, about. that's
1: Hero Realms. <laughs>
0: uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um then the art of magic which you know they which always do an art which they've it, been doing yeah. pretty consistently mm-hmm.
1: um when the I new dual, coffee table book
0: the new dual decks Murfolk versus goblins.
1: What? Very that's- interesting
0: that they're bringing goblins to a second dual deck. Yeah,
1: um, it's almost like goblins are everywhere. It's almost
0: like they're used all the time. Um, and then the next from the vault is going to be from the vault transformation, which is about all the dumb flip cards we've had recently. It's like um, that's such like a, I think like that's such a it's too fresh. Um, you know? But here's the thing: it made, and I'm going to have to buy one while it's cheap it made all the flip planes walkers decrease in value
1: oh. because
0: there was a while where, um, our, our, a friend of ours, Joe, who we've mentioned before on our cast, a very knowledgeable, um, magic, the gathering, uh, fan fan. Um, Joe and I had a conversation about why these, these flip planes walkers have been so much money, specifically the Jace. Um, and because Jace was hovering at like $20 at one point and he had mentioned to me when it was at 20 he was like, you should buy it now. It's at a low just this very moment, but it's going to shoot back up again. And he said the reason being is because Magic Origins was such a specific set that that's not a card that gets reprinted because it was story based and a core set. And at the time, no core sets were coming back out. But even then, it was like. There's These no are way the origins. to like right. They're not not, origins revisited, right? You know what <laughs> I mean. Like that's not a card that's going to get reprinted. So that card did, in fact, shoot back up again, and I was kicking myself for not buying one. It's down to eighteen dollars now. Yeah, and I'm gonna pick one up because sure, you don't want to wait. I, I'm sure because even <laughs> if it's in the from the vault transform, I will gladly pick up from the vault to to uh, to get another. Yeah, um, but. Between them reannouncing corsets and the From the Vault Transform, the Planeswalkers dropped. Fifteen cards. Yeah. Huh. Five of them will be the Planeswalkers. No. Yeah. One will be Jace. One will definitely be Jace. Yeah. Friends Prodigy. Um I wouldn't be surprised if two of them were the Bruna Yeah, super angel. That'd um, be weird. But Why? I don't know. It, it, just, it feels you know, weird. Good cards. Um,
1: what else was huge in the flip world? Mayor of Aberbrook. <laughs> maybe. But here's
0: the thing. I wonder if... I wonder... I think maybe one will be with Garok. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. I was actually wondering if... So if cheap, the Transform though. has to be Innistrad Transform. Oh. Or if it might be Morph as well.
1: Ooh. Or maybe like... Because Morph is like um, a Transform. What about like the one... What about the, the level-up cards?
0: Maybe. <laughs> That's also a possibility. Like, you know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they what they throw in it. The
1: other thing, again, they do specifically say um, 15 are our favorite... Tra- oh, no, yeah, you're right. They don't specifically say flipping it. Yeah. It, well, it says flip it, but it doesn't <laughs> but necessarily not, say... It, these are our 15 best flip cards. Like, yeah,
0: like that style. Yeah. But then after that, they talk about how after Ixalan, we're going to be
1: going back to Dominaria. Going back? Yeah. To
0: Dominaria. <laughs> Who would have thought? And who's going to be on that design team, Genghis?
1: Uh Why, a one Richard Garfield PhD? No? Yeah. <laughs> um Richard Garfield's going to be helping design the Return
0: to Dominaria set. Which is crazy. That's exciting.
1: Because he's amazing. Like, every set that he's been on has been, like amazing from a design standpoint it'd be
0: great if he came back and he's just like we're gonna make everything one ones again we're gonna just (laughs) dial back the power
1: cream oh god (laughs) um but uh it's it's i'm excited because dominaria is like such a it's iconic you know Mm -hmm. that's that's so much of magic was based off it they're gonna obviously try to focus it a bit um because they said that there's too much so they're gonna try to pick like one specific aspect of dominaria that's gonna be you know Uh, where they're going design-wise, but I I can't... I mean, it's not until April of next year, but I honestly can't wait because that's going to be amazing. Um, You know, who knows... Who knows where they could even do? Um, Yeah, I mean, like, that's... I think it's going
0: to be... I think it's going to be great, yeah. So then um, after that, they talk about the next Master set after Iconic Masters, which is coming out in November. Then in March... They're going to be releasing the 25th anniversary edition master set, which is like a mouthful. I'm sure it'll have a snappier title by that time. Maybe just anniversary masters, Magic
1: 25.
0: But yeah, I really do feel like it's a mouthful to say 25th anniversary edition master set.
1: Um, I like it. Will we? No. What will it be? I yeah, mean, I iconic- was thinking to myself like going to reprint a Mox.
0: <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Iconic Masters, as it is, seems to already have the corner of, like, it's the most iconic cards of all time. It's like, so then what's the 25th anniversary when they're like, it's across Magic's entire history.
1: It's a huge set, too.
0: 249 cards. Yeah, I'm going to be really disappointed if it's, like, just like all the rest of the Masters and you only get,
1: like... It's like, hey, guys, remember Grizzly Bear? You only get 26.
0: Bo- well, I mean, like, if you only get, like, 24 boosters in a box, yeah. I'm going to be pissed with a set that size. Um... It would
1: be great if Duel Lands were in it, though. I know they're on the reserve list, but... They are there. If there's it, any time to bring them back... It's now. <laughs> it's going to be for your 25th anniversary. And then in July of 2018, finally, the Corsets will come back. And then finally...
0: Oh, and uh, then the most dumb of dumb announcements. No, the
1: best announcement oh, ever. Oh, jeez. Even because we talked about it slightly. <laughs> I, I don't know if we talked about that on-cast or off-cast, but... They're bringing back an unset, yeah, unstable. The third of the unhinged coming out in December and, um, of this year. What was it? What was the first one? Unhinged, unglued, unglued. Yeah, and now unstable. And Marl was so happy. He was so excited. Oh, so dumb. <laughs> um, there, there. He's he's already confirmed the vanilla mythic is going to be in the unstable set. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fatty mythic card. <laughs> um this is, the first, said, this is the first onset with mythics. Yeah. Yeah. They said that it's gonna be design it's gonna be like an it's gonna be have a normal design sensibility, but it's still gonna have that funness that's uh that's in a de, an unset. I think that'll be fun. Uh I hope they bring I won't buy any I they bring back those full art lands. <laughs> I mean, but every, they've done so many full art lands now. I'm just yeah, like, just make them all full art lands. Yeah because then people will buy packs yeah (laughs)
0: Um, yeah and then to kind of round off uh, uh, magic um, we're going to review Arch Enemy Nicol Bolas and talk a little bit about the Hour of Devastation spoilers because we're about a week away from Hour of Devastation pre-release so we have a good majority of the set in front of us we do indeed Um, so first off um, the our Nicol Bolas Arch Enemy Yep. Um, it had four decks in it. Um, it's got one nickel Bolas deck, mm-hmm. of course the arch enemy deck, but I'm not including that. It has the nickel bolus themed deck. And then you have three of the gate watch. You have uh, Gideon Jorah, you have Chandra, and then you have uh Nissa.
1: Nissa Ravine.
0: And, but it's not the originals. I think Gideon Jorah is the original. I think the others are. Nissa is
1: World Waker. And on Chandra's Pyromaster.
0: Right. Um, all with new art. And then the Nicol Bolas is the original Bolas planeswalker from Conflux. The also with uh
1: freaking With bolus. new art.
0: Um the decks themselves, there's no, no there's no new cards in them. They're all reprints. Um and, but there is new arch enemy cards. Yep. Uh new and, schemes. New schemes. And also, in addition to that, uh this nice little spin down that Jangus has wanted no, like forever and a day. It's the one that's like, you know, the hundred life spin down, <laughs> like, you know, from, uh, the commander arsenal that came out that everybody was like after that extremely limited set. Uh, all in all, if you like arch enemy, I mean, I'll I mean, keep this, haven't... I'll keep this brief. If you like arch enemy is worth picking up. Yeah. hundred percent. If you don't like arch enemy, um, I'd only pick it up if you don't have those cards. like, if you're maybe newer to magic or your set or collection isn't as varied, it's it's a great little like bump in your collection. Mm-hmm. Um for someone like me, unless I found it really, really cheap, um, I probably wouldn't get it. I understand. I have all of the cards in it. And there's not enough there's not enough rares in the set to be like, hey, I really want to pick this up.
1: You know, now that you mentioned that Troll and Toad has it on sale for $40, I think I might buy it when I get home. <laughs> Probably just announced that. Like, Troll and Toad for $40. Like,
0: <laughs> you know? Like uh, a bad advertisement. Yeah, whatever. You should. For you, it would be, it would be
1: worth it. I, for, I agree. There's some dual lands in there I could use. Yeah. There's some, uh... And it's always nice to have that goddamn spin down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice one, too. It's, Dude, like, it's, black. It's and, black and
1: gold. It's all nickel bolas Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um... Next hour of Black devastation. Speaking of Nickel Bolus, so I don't remember if we talked about this in the last episode. I think we had seen a card that might have been a rumor, the Nickel Bolus at the time was that out. Was the spoiler of the Nickel Bolus from Hour of Devastation out? Were those three spoilers out when we talked? That's a great question, David. It, uh, it me, we're right right looking we'll this way. If we had said that there was a chance that there was a Nickel Bolus that we saw and that there was like you know not confirmed yet, well, it was confirmed. There is a new Nickel Bolas, which we knew there would be. He is. Nickel Bolas he the is God Pharaoh. Nasty. It is seven <laughs> mana, just like the other Bolas. Same exact casting cost, but boy, is he a nasty Planeswalker. He's one of them four ability Planeswalkers, so you already know it spells trouble. He
1: comes out at seven uh, loyalty. Seven
0: loyalty, so seven for seven. First ability plus two, target opponent exiles cards from the top of his or her library until he or she exiles a non land card. Until end of turn, you may cast that card without paying its mana. It's so ridiculous. So it's like a reverse uh, mind funeral, <laughs> and you get to take the card from them. Next, which is great, is great on its own, but it's also great if your opponent just fixed the top of their library. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if they just did something to fix, like, if they just, like, topped or yeah. something or, you know, a tutor or, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're out of mana and they can't do anything. And you're just like, I'm going to take whatever that thing is. <laughs> um... Next, it's a, another plus ability, plus one. Oh e- each opponent exiles two cards from his or That's her hand. So
1: mean for plus one—that's amazing. <laughs>
0: I can't wait to put him
1: in my five color Planeswalker deck. Kill him every single time. <laughs> um,
0: minus four, Nickel Bolas, God Pharaoh, deals seven damage to target opponent or creature in opponent control. It's just a straight up seven burn. And then minus twelve, exile each non-land permanent your opponent's control. You just the ultimate old, wipe. Uh, just an ultimate wipe. Just everything there they have the hour of devastation. Yeah, it's just there. It is gone. Um, it's a great card. If I don't have, if I don't get it, I'm going to buy it
1: because it's just <laughs> a good card. It's going to be a. Do you, now. here's a question: What do you think the value of that card is going to be? Because in because a standard it's, environment, it's not very competitive. It was when Marvel was around. You know, when Marvel was around. <laughs> um,
0: I'm not so sure. You know, what's funny is I said the same thing. I almost said those exact words to a friend of mine, um, a fellow teacher. Um, him and I talked. We talk all the time about magic. And he, I said the same thing to him. I was like, it wouldn't be viable in standard anyway. And he said, I think it would. And he's really standard standard's
1: slow enough right now?
0: It wasn't that Standard's slow enough. It's that he's convinced that there's enough... You can build a deck in Standard to buy yourself enough time to get him out. Oh,
1: my God. Because when he's on the field, he's tearing your opponent apart. Oh, yeah. It's (laughs) nasty. It's a nasty card. Especially if your opponent's playing, like, red-green, which doesn't really have a lot of answers for Planeswalkers.
0: I mean, well... (laughs) Well... Speaking of answers for Planeswalkers... (laughs) There's a bunch of interesting uncommon cards. One drop uncommon cards in hour of Dev- devastation. It's a defeat card for each of the Gate Watch. It's so flavorful. Right. <laughs> and it's each each of them just you see the hands of Nickel Bolis just like destroying they, them like in they some took way. Like
1: a normal common added a little bit more extra flavor and made it uncommon. Well,
0: yeah, but it's also very plain if for if it's if it's on a planeswalker, it's it is devastating, as per the set. First one is Gideon's Defeat. It's the one white instant. You exile target white creature that's attacking or blocking. Not so good. But the second thing is, if it was a Gideon Planeswalker, you gain five life. So it's essentially, it's it's meant to be, if Gideon, if you're using a Gideon Planeswalker, and he does his dumb little, like, I become a creature until the end of turn. And I'm indestructible. You just I'm going to attack you. Yep, Gideon's <laughs> Defeat. Just bing, gone. On its own, not great. If you're playing somebody that's playing...
1: The flavor text of these cards are, like, amazing. Yeah. Um,
0: We won't spoil it. Look it up
1: for yourselves.
0: Um, But I will say that, on its own, not a great card. However, if you were playing someone who's playing Gideon Tribal, which could be a thing with the new um, Amon Gideon that makes it, you know, impossible for you to lose if you control (laughs) Gideon, this might be a great card. This might be a good sideboard card. Who knows? Um... Next is Jace's Defeat. Counter target blue spell for uh, for two. If it wasn't Jace
1: Planeswalker, scry two. Yeah, which is, you know... Not bad. For, for a counter to also scry, that's power.
0: Yeah, but once again, it has to be on a blue spell, so there's a trade-off there. Um, Liliana's Defeat. One black sorcery. Destroy target black creature or black Planeswalker. If that Planeswalker was Liliana Planeswalker, her controller loses three life. Um, So, ow. Ow. Chandra's Defeat. uh, One red instant deals five damage to target red creature or red Planeswalker. If it was a Chandra Planeswalker, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. I
1: figure they discard because it's a one.
0: Yep. Otherwise, it would have been way too powerful. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then, last but not least, we have Nissa's Defeat. Which is a, is the highest of all of them. It is a three-cast sorcery to destroy target forest, green enchantment, or green planeswalker if that permanent was a Nyssa planeswalker draw card.
1: Land destruction.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of them are all that great on their own, but
1: flavor-wise, yeah. I like it. So we also have another uh, set of gods these are the the gods that Nicol Bolas himself kind of created, ferried away. Yeah, no, no, they they existed, but he corrupted them and ferried them away and held them off until this hour of devastation.
0: We only have three of them. There might be more coming.
1: No, there's only three. There's only three. Yeah, flavor in, in the lore. There's only three. Oh, that's a shame. That's almost disappointing. <laughs> really? Because they're um, it's all like. But I guess it's,
0: it, it's Nicol Bolas' it, colors. I, I would say all it makes Ball's sense because it's all Grix's colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, first one is the Locust God. Uh, he's a four-four. He's a red-blue and four. He's a flying legendary creature. Uh, whenever you draw a card, you create a one-one blue and red insect creature token with flying and haste, um, which is great for blue and red. Yeah. And then he has the static ability, or excuse me, the activated ability of tap two, tap a red, tap a green, draw a card, discard a card. And when he dies, you return it to its owner's uh, hand at the beginning of the next end step.
1: Yeah. pretty good so it's a it's an interesting take on immortality because they're not indestructible but they do come back N- and which as each long as each of them have exile. each of them have that ability
0: that's a great ability for a commander oh i, I mean it don't get me wrong indestructible is also great for the original gods yeah. that just prevents that from being an issue in general but sending it back to your hand, being able to cast it again, not a bad,
1: not a bad deal. No, nope. especially if you've got like cards that decrease the casting cost of your spells or stuff like that. And plus, especially if you play blue and you do a lot of draw, you get a lot of creatures at once. Oh yeah, um, and someone that'll just that'll make sure someone's not playing that uh, that Howling Mine because then you're, uh, you're getting tons of little creatures. Yep. Um, so it's interesting. Each God. Um, there's also the Scarab God yeah. and the Scorpion God. We won't go through them all. But, but each, each God has an ability. They can activate their own ability. Mm-hmm. And they they, they when return. they die, they return to your hand. Um, um,
0: the last card I think we'll go over now, because we'll end up reviewing the set anyway once it comes out. We'll review it next month. Is uh, the new Planeswalker, which... Yes. Oh, oh, another red-green Planeswalker. Oh, I my God. <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm not wrong, right? There is a definite... There's more of a concentration on red green planeswalkers, I think, than any combination of colors, outside of single. I suppose so.
1: Mm. Like in terms of variety. Mm. Yeah. Think about it. No, I understand. I see it.
0: Um, but I mean, there's Samut, right? Which mm-hmm. is the new one. Which well, uh, Samut is uh, four drop, has four loyalty, um, plus one up to one target creature gains double strike until end of turn. Minus two, uh, Samut deals two damage divided as you choose among one or two target creatures and/or players. And minus seven, you search your library for up to two creature and/or planeswalker cards, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. I think
1: just the flavor has fit more for these red green planeswalkers. But
0: I mean, like, okay, so there's
1: Samut. Yes, there's Arlen
0: Cord. Arlen Cord. Yes, Domri.
1: Yeah, but that was a Sarkin while ago. Bowl. Yeah, but that was even farther back. But I mean, like, there's
0: like, I think there's one or two others, too. Yeah. It's more than any other combination of colors. Are you sure not blue-red? Positive. The only (laughs) blue-red Planeswalkers are Dak Faden and uh, who was the other one? What about Black Green? Black Green, you have Vraska and the one Garak.
1: All right, maybe you're right. (laughs) I don't know. Like I don't think I'm wrong. I mean, I would. I would love for the print more. Mono green planeswalkers that aren't Nitsa. Um, But, You know, uh, I don't know. I'm biased because you know Red it's my color. As you play, <laughs> uh, I would like to see more variety. Though you're right. Yeah. Um, maybe some white green. Hey, where's that? Where's the white green planeswalker, and Johnny? Uh, you're right. Uh, where's the? Uh, where's the? Uh, 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 blue red. <laughs> we had another blue red recently. I don't remember what it was though. Right? No. Uh, what's her
0: face? Uh, oh yeah, the uh, Kaladesh. the Kaladesh. Uh, yep.
1: Sahili. Yes. Sahili Rai.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that was the other blue red one.
1: <laughs> um
0: black you, black th- blue we've had like pr- eight
1: tesseracts i think it's, it's, it's probably like one more than everything else than the next one we'll we'll look into it maybe for next one next time and we'll uh we'll, we'll go over it again but um but yeah i mean all in all shaping up to be a really interesting set uh, a lot of interesting cards a lot of we'll, we'll we'll talk about more of that next month when we do the full set review yeah All in all if
0: you haven't checked it out yet you probably should,
1: because uh, it's great. So now do you want to talk about, just before we leave Magic, do you want to talk about that elephant in the room? He's been sitting there. He's waiting. <laughs> All right, because we're moving into D&D, so we might as well. <laughs> um, so uh, it's not 100% confirmed, but there has been a picture taken of a full foil sheet of Ixalan. <laughs> um, it's, oh, that's the elephant
0: in the room. Yeah.
1: What I were you the, talking about? I thought
0: the elephant in the room was Stream of Annihilation. We were right. The new world that we're going to involves riding on dinosaurs.
1: <laughs> and all of a sudden wizards is dinosaur crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but uh <laughs> but yeah, that was the the elephant I was talking about because of you know, spoilers and all that, that we got uh stuff early. Yeah, a full sheet of Ixalan. We got... And that's why I was talking about the Dinosaur Tribal, because the, they're in that set is a Naya Dynas legendary dinosaur that has abilities that augment other dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And they said that they're going to actually retcon the oracle text of a lot of older cards to have the dinosaur creature type in it, huh. so that they can be part of this Dinosaur Tribal. I'm very angry they didn't do more of this for other creatures that I was excited for, but hell... I'm going to play a Dinosaur Tribal deck, and it's going to be awesome. A Commander Dinosaur Tribal deck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's what I want to talk about. But we could talk about more of that if and when it gets confirmed. Yeah. I mean, that, that's still take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So moving on to Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons. So we, uh, so we got the Stream of Annihilation. It was a fun little while. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, the gonna, games are fun. You we're going to
0: tell you the top two things that we liked about
1: the Stream of Annihilation. Uh, go um, ahead. First off... We are finally getting... So we talked about it. We were saying, hey, here. when's it going to happen? And it happened. In we're here. getting
0: Player's Handbook 2. But it's not called Player's Handbook 2 because they've realized that that is a lame cop-out of a name. So um, much like
1: Volo's Guide to Monsters was... Monster know, Manual f- 2. But a flavorful Monster Manual 2 in right. the theme of that. It's a, it's a journal from Volo about these creatures. And I actually, it, it, the, the product came up really well. Um, and I think... Uh, It was a good design choice. So they took that and then they created uh, this next uh, product, which is Xanathar's Guide to
0: Everything. (laughs) Um, If you don't know who Xanathar is, well, he's Waterdeep's most infamous crime uh, crime lord. And he's a beholder. So there's that. Um, And he knows just about everything about everything. So supposedly this book is going to have... More than 20 new subclasses for 5e, including the Cavalier, the Inquisitive, the Horizon Walker, and many more. Pretty much
1: every single... Unearthed like,
0: Arcana yeah,
1: something. We, that Remember all those things we talked about? Yeah, every all, month. <laughs> every month we talked about pound it?
0: Compound them all together, <laughs> and that's going to be Xanathar's Guide. Um, at least the ones that they decided to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll be official. It won't just be like some random Unearthed Arcana. Um what do you think about that? Oh, I should also mention they're also coming out with a special edition
1: hardcover specifically for hobby stores. Which just is Just like nice. they did for Volo's It's Guy. nice to support their... Um, good. You know, here it is. We were waiting for it. Like I said, it's... Uh, strangely enough, they... I don't know. Did they talk about Artificer and Scion in that? Or... Uh... I didn't watch the stream. I only I, I'm just read going about based off afterwards. That.
0: But no, in that little description, they didn't say either.
1: So I don't know if they're going to be in, included as well. But uh, the all the different like uh, class options uh, that I mean, I've read we've read them. They're fun. I'm glad they're finally going to get like a finalized version that we you know a balanced play tested version exactly that yes. players will be able to get. Um, I like it. Um, I like the – like I said, I like the concept that they're going for kind of like a more flavorful kind of story-wise kind of inclusion of this. I hope they add some more like little snippets, a little like story maybe behind each class option, like maybe a little snippet.
0: I think that's what they're doing. I mean they mentioned a while back and so far they've held true to this that um, when they were asked if they were going to make a campaign setting book and multiple campaign settings books like they did for uh, third edition – or three five, um, Wizard said no. Wizard said all of their campaign stories are going to just come out through core product. Yep. So that's why, like, the closest we got for Forgotten Realms is we got the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. But in terms of, like, multiple um, pieces of information that you may want about the world of Forgotten Realms, to, to really collect it all you have to be been keeping up with all these adventures that they've been printing because each adventure takes place in a different area and the information about that area is only in those books um, certain certain books have certain information about you know monsters that you can't find anywhere else like if you want to see what the devils of um, hell what their yeah. stats are or mm-hmm. the demons of the abyss like you have to find those in the modules like you know princes of the apocalypse or whatever the abyss module was what was the abyss module called it was like a in the... Oh yeah, princes of uh, princes of no, the Prince of the Apocalypse. That was yeah. the devil one. Oh, what was the other
1: one? Oh, geez.
0: Uh, well, point being is that it's all been contained in these books. So, so it is interesting and from a design standpoint, um, intriguing. I like the idea. So, Xanathar's Guide will have that flair. Will have more world building in it, just in terms of how the information is presented to you.
1: Um, just looked it up. Mike Merle's confirmed. Uh, no artificer or scion in Xanathars, so, so it's just going to be the the core classes mm-hmm. and the, the class options that they're associated with.
0: Sure, um, but re- that's going to be... retail at fifty dollars, um, as most D books do. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes out November twenty first.
1: Yeah, so look out for it. Um, solid if you you know if you want to spice up your game, or if you've been already been using these and want to like get the finalized version, then here you go. Or if if you've been hesitant to use these because they have been playtest versions, now you have a final, now you have something physical that you have. Um, I'm sure it's going to be incorporated into Roll 20 and all that jazz. Right.
0: Something that I thought was um, interesting as well was the. one thing I found really interesting that they didn't do, I was sure the Stream of Annihilation was going to announce the next phase of the um, D&D Beyond yes. program. And they did not. No We're reason. still in phase one. <laughs> We've been in phase
1: one for ages. I don't know, Get man. Get into phase two. Is this two? going to be another one of those things that, like... It's they coming. start, and it never happens. Is this
0: going to be like our d d yeah. game thing, where it's coming? Hell for
1: yeah, 100%. And then, yeah, okay. I thought you were talking more um, about the previous thing they <laughs> tried. Um. But yeah, uh, that's
0: that's a shame. Um, another thing they announced was a new module for uh, levels 1 to 11 called Tomb of Annihilation. It's like the Tomb of Horrors, but they took out the horror part and just said the one thing that Jangis is scared of.
1: <laughs>
0: and it became the Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, the talk of the streets and taverns has all been about the so-called death curse. A wasting disease afflicting everyone who has ever been raised from the dead. Victims grow thinner and weaker each day, slowly but steadily sliding toward the death they once denied. When they finally succumb they can't be raised and neither can anyone else regardless of whether they've ever been or whether they've ever received that miracle in the past temples and scholars of divine magic are at a loss to explain a curse that has afflicted the entire region and possibly the entire world the curse is a necromantic artifact called the soulmonger which is located somewhere in chult a mysterious peninsula far to the south ringed with mountains and choked with rainforests it's got dinosaurs an <laughs> Did I mention aserac? aserac. It's aserac. He's <laughs> back in Bob form. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the tomb of annihilation, and that heavily leads us into the campaign setting yeah. that they've they've talked about. The next step of what. which is, the, this. The, which is this? It is <laughs> it is the uh, it is Chalt, and it is dinosaurs and, and tropical tropical rainforests. And
1: Aserac is back. Yeah. And And people can't be rezzed. It's almost like... And people that are
0: getting rezzed are dying.
1: It's like an annihilation curse. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to have more, like... What if that's going to affect, like, player death in in this uh, module? We should run a game where we all just pick up, like... (laughs) Couple years
0: after you guys went oh to the God. tomb, and then terrazo's <laughs> tends to starts to fade into the to nothing. is
1: <laughs> starts to weaken and become shriveled. Like he became a revenant at one point. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They'd really have a tough time, wouldn't they? Yeah. So what happens to to like revenants or like? Yeah, do not really exist anymore. They do. What revenant was in an on Arcana? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Well, it's not official.
0: Anyway, But um, um,
1: but yeah, this is cool. Tomb of Annihilation. I really hate the Annihilation part. I, I really
0: hate the name. They just took the thing and the other thing and they just thinged it and it I just mean, bothers it, the hell out of me. It's definitely one of those,
1: like, you know, the finger, finger things. things. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it really is. It's like... Uh, hey, remember Aserac? Remember Aserac? Remember the word tomb? <laughs> tomb of? Um. So
1: I'm a little disappointed it's 1
0: to 11. Me too. Tomb of Annihilation... Based on the setup, seems like a higher level module. Yeah. However, if the idea is that it's taking out resed people, you wouldn't be a high level. Because chances are you would have taken a res at some point. You're true. You're right. You're right. It's got to be. It's like the fresh faced ones that have never seen adventure because they're the only ones that are not weakened by this
1: curse. <laughs> um, but I like the. Uh, I like it. I like the concept because I like dinosaurs. I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be great. Um, That's where we saw, you know, our first picture where it was. We're like, where is this going to be? Hey, it's Forgotten Realms still. Forgotten Realms is so big and vast. We always think about the Sword Coast and Baldur's Gate. We forget that there's a whole other part of (laughs) Forgotten Realms that people don't really go to that often. Chalt. (laughs) Chalt. Um... And just some more, like, little bits. Uh, they said that it'll be a scary sort of gradual buildup of dread mixed in with little moments of humor to sort of laying things up from time to time. Um, Isn't that up to the DM? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the story they're writing. Yeah, sure. You could, obviously, the, the DM can augment it. Hey, we talked about this, David. <laughs> Improv versus uh, scripts. <laughs> but, I mean, like, whether or not it's humorous, it's, even if they
0: write it humorously, yeah. I feel like that's a very... Like, that's the DM.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? It's up to DM to choose whether to push that humor. I'm not sure it's going to be like...
0: Or even if they... Like, what I'm saying is sometimes it's not even a choice. Yeah. Like, if someone's just not funny, they can't deliver the humor.
1: You're right. Uh, Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) So, you should check out the article. Um, We'll have a link, obviously, below our podcast, as we normally do. Um, We're going to move on to the next announcement, I think. uh, Which is... A new board game coming out.
1: Yeah, so... This but it's is not
0: a new board game. It's an old board game, but it's a new version of the old
1: board game <laughs> set in the d d world. Hey, Product Synergy. It's called Betrayal on... Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Yes. Um, which which is, is based off of Betrayal... Uh, at the house the on the hill. hill.
0: Yeah. Um, I have yet to play Betrayal. Um, I've wanted to for a while now. So I am now going to wait... Until this version comes out, and this is the version that I will play. Fair enough. Um, But I do know about it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there are, like, scenarios, and a bunch of people get together. You have to have at least three players, and you all get together and go and search through essentially a haunted house-style mission. But at some turning point in the game, one person becomes the bad guy. Yeah. And then it goes from being, like, a... Everybody plays together to it's everybody playing against, play against and one. They,
1: usually in the Betrayal game, the bad guy gets more augmented abilities. He gets the ability to like push his agenda more and try to kill it a, either finish the game, whatever the finish requirements are. I'm curious if this game is going to incorporate multiple scenarios like the Betrayal game, the uh, Betrayal on the House on the Hill does. I'm sure it will. And I'm curious, like... What will be the level of betrayal? It's like, oh, one of your party members is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of your, one of your, one of your thieves is actually a drow <laughs> from Joel Dr. Axel's band. <laughs> Racism. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did we not know he was a drow the entire time?
0: <laughs> he was stealing everything. That's
1: horrible. He had a glamour on the entire time They made him look like an elf. But he was actually a drow. Um, racism is alive in D D. <laughs> um, but you know, this Chris is a, actually has been battling that for years. He has. It's been a primary theme of his books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it seems interesting. I like it. Synergy, all that jazz board games. Hey, we love board games. You'll definitely hear a, a review from us once it comes oh, out. Oh, we gonna play it. Do we have a release date? Uh, the release date is loading. Okay. Loading. All right, I like it. Loading. October sixth. Nice. So yeah. not that far away. Not For next a year. Currently undisclosed
0: price. Hmm. I'm saying fifty. I'm saying fifty too. <laughs> Look, you can cast a magic missile. Apparently.
1: Oh, I like it. Huh? There's like different skill checks on these class uh, uh, character cards. Yeah. Um. The board is evolve. Board is evolving much like the betrayal in the house on the hill game. Um. You know, there's events and all that. Items. Um, uh, yeah. There is. They also include uh, minis, but I mean, Betrayal included minis. But, but these not are not like these are D D minis. D-D minis. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: yeah, uh, that's exciting. I'm yeah. excited
1: to play it, and I definitely will. So those are the major announcements from uh, Stream of Annihilation. Speaking of annihilation and hey. tombs
0: of things, hey. Uh, I recently want to talk about I. I've, had a, a game night at the school and I was I was optioned obviously to run a game. Um Last time I did this I ran Time Stories and mm-hmm. that's, we talked about how I was able to still play the game to a degree with a new group even though I had already played through it. It's just like some decisions, you know, I kind of had to take a backseat in. So this time around they were like, hey, can you run a and d game? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, what am I give me some sort of discrete like how many how many players what levels like what are we talking here and i was told by the event organizer a fellow teacher of mine that um there was like they wanted to run one beginner game and one advanced game interesting um and that i had to talk to the kid one of the students who was running the other game which one he wanted to run and then i could take the other so i went and talked i was like which one are you gonna run he's like i'd prefer to run the beginner game i was like great because i'd prefer to run the advanced game <laughs> Um, And they didn't really give me any restrictions, so I was like, what can I do that requires little prep on my part? Um, And, you know, something that I know can be fun, can be fun. Well, Tomb of Horrors. (laughs) I've run that module enough times to just know it to where, like, I only needed to quickly reread to refresh. Um, So I bought Tales of the Yawning Portal
1: from... Roll20. Oh, even um, more I, interesting. Yeah,
0: I bought the digital version um, because I figured that would be... <laughs> I'd
1: take it a second be like, oh, where's yeah. the book? I'd love to take a look at
0: that. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought the digital version because I figured, you know what, why not? Um, now I have all the adventures and I have them all ready to go in Roll20. Um, and I got to use that for the first time I, um, from a DM's perspective, like in since they implemented official D&D rule set. Because since they implemented it, I'd only played briefly in your game, yeah. which never picked up. Nope. Um, and I had never experimented with their built in, like, I never got to see what you were seeing from the DM's perspective. Um,
1: nonsense.
0: It was great. <laughs> it was so beautiful, streamlined, excellent. So I grabbed, uh, uh, my computer. Well, I grabbed two laptops from the school. We brought them down and I was on one and I set the other one up on like, a, you know, opposite me. And the kids sat around the table. I had a, a, the, the beginner game never picked up, so I ended up having like six players. Oh, nice. Um, started off as five. The sixth one joined once. There was like a panic mode, and they needed somebody else to come bail them out, which we'll talk about in a second.
1: <laughs> um, Did they all get annihilated?
0: No. Yes, no. Sort of. <laughs> what? Um, we'll talk about it. Um, but anyway, uh, they all... They sat down and they played, and they didn't know what to expect. I told them what it was. They, I was like, this so is the they, hardest. So these
1: were... These were- Advanced?
0: These were well, they were supposed to be advanced. One or two of them were like one was completely new, but so they just got, rolled with it. Okay. And the other one was like not new but still very green. Okay. Um I'll give them this though. One thing that they did constantly, like as if it had been like beaten into them, which I was almost proud of because it's something my players never did. It would have helped them a hundred times over. They rolled perception checks all the time without me even attempting to prompt. I didn't need to. They would walk into a room. They would just be like, I'm looking everywhere. I'm looking at the wall. I'm looking at the scene. Like, I perceive this. I perceive that. You know, if there's a chest, I walk up to the chest. I make a perception check. I'm looking for traps. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just very... Very cautious. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking to myself, wow, like good for these good for these kids. <laughs> so we start running the Tomb of Horrors. They get to the entrances, they get to the first fake entrance. Like they know, oh man, like here we go. Like ha ha ha. They get in, they make their way down the first hallway. Spoilers obviously. Um if you have not played Tomb of Horrors and you would prefer to keep it fresh, you might not want to hear this part. Um but anyway.
1: We'll have time stamps.
0: Yeah. They walk down the hallway, they get to the the face, and they're like, oh man, they're like, don't do it, don't stick anything in it, doesn't seem like it's a good idea, let's throw something in it. I was like, you hear nothing. They're like, you hear nothing, it just keeps going, I'm like, you just hear nothing, no sounds. So they stick an arrow in. And I was like, nothing, nothing happens. And they brought the arrow back out, and I was like, the entire top half is gone. (laughs) And they were like, oh... Okay. Don't touch the, the black orb. Look. And it looks like a tunnel. <laughs> not to
1: them. They saw the creepy face and they were just like, no, thank you. Um played too much uh I watched too much uh Legends of the Hidden Temple when I was young.
0: <laughs> The big the where what got them in trouble was what they did next. And it wasn't that it got them in trouble. It's 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 what set them up for future trouble. Did they activate at, the gargoyle? No. At the end of the hallway there is and I will tell you the fifth edition version in some ways, is watered down. Oh. Like, that gargoyle was a cakewalk. It doesn't oh. even have the... rend does rendi- regeneration? It doesn't have the rend attack.
1: Oh, my God. The rend attack
0: is <laughs> what made that gargoyle a, a beast. It didn't have a...
1: Wait, it had protection. Like, didn't it have, just not like, like, damage like, resistance.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't enough to even yeah. consider it being worth its... You know what I mean? It's just watered down. But anyway... Um what set them up was at the end of the hallway next to the sphere of annihilation, there's um, a mystical arch. The
1: it's, misty arch. And it's
0: misty. It is a mystical arch. Um that oh, arch, Gary. if you go through it without hitting the correct combination of stones, um, it leads you to another room. And in that room it's like a it's like it's like a little like hidden room, and you have to go through hidden doors and tunnels, and eventually you make your way back to the beginning. Um but it just teleports you. That's all it does. Do they
1: do they get their gender swapped at all? We'll get there. All right. So, Damn. I'm-
0: so that set up what would be the the, the what would be the, the their eventual downfall. They're doing pretty good. They're getting the couple rooms in. Like they get to the long hallway with the frescoes. Yeah. They 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 realized they thought to reach through the frescoes without even me telling them that like, you know, anything about them. They were just like, We touched the fresco. And I was like, Your hand goes through and they they went to the gargoyle, the not the not the the enemy gargoyle, but the one that had like, you know, the the hand open and you had to crush all ten gems. Yeah. They crushed all ten gems. Wow. They did it and they got the hidden like hidden oh my thing. God. They, like they were just doing it. And I was like, Wow, like this is We might do this. We might, they might make it. Like, I'm excited. Like, wow. What happened? Then they get to the end of that fresco hallway where that, where the next arch is. Now, for those that don't know, there's, there's, um, three or four misty arches. I think three. The first one teleports. Like I said, the second one, which is this next one. If you walk through it, all living matter, which means you and you're familiar, if you have one or animal companions, gets teleported back to the beginning of the dungeon. Any non-living matter gets teleported to the end right next to (laughs) Acervec. That means your weapons. That means your armor. That means your gold. That means anything you had on you, gone. One person didn't walk through the arch. All five of them walked through. Oh, my God. And all ended up butt naked... (laughs) back in the beginning of the dungeon and I pulled I pulled the old like in the beginning of the dungeon because I didn't want them to get the whole point was it was supposed to be two Horrors. it wasn't supposed to be a campaign so yeah. I did corner them into I did a bad DM no no I you know made a cave in happen so they were they were stuck there was no going anywhere it was it was through
1: you railroading <laughs>
0: I did I railroaded them cuz cuz this wasn't supposed they would have to be a, left, uh, right. They would have left, and and the idea was this wasn't supposed to be a continuation game. I didn't want to have to think on my feet. Like I was just like it was. This was the Tomb of Horrors. You were either going to beat it, or you were going to fail and die trying. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was it. So they're all naked now. They've yeah, got no weapons. What do they do? Well, they knew that the only way out was through. So they 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 went on. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go as long as we can go. Um. They got to the church. The the church is this next thing where it's like that's where the third archway is. And the third one, only one of them walked through this time – but when he came back out, it, it gender swaps you, and if you fail your check, it alignment swaps you. <laughs> so he went in like a lawful good dude oh, and he no. came out a chaotic evil woman. <laughs> but they pushed him back through the arch, which negated the alignment change. And then when he walked, when she walked through again, it turned it turned the gender back. They figured that much out. Okay. So it ended up working out, but they're still all ass naked, <laughs> and you know jokes about about you know penises and vaginas and everything else. Um, but anyway, on their part, not on mine. I you know these are students after all, and I had to, to be respectful. Of course. Um, so anyway, when they realized they weren't probably going to make it out, and it got kind of less fun, I had I pre made character sheets for this adventure, six of them, level twelve. Horrors doesn't give you a, a recommended level. It just says a high level adventure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I remember it being like eight or nine or 10. I made 12 and I made six sheets. It's designed for four, right? I figured like this will give them a real good advantage. Yeah. So I had a sixth sheet and they asked one of their friends to come over who wasn't playing, had been playing other games, like had played a game of Settlers of Catan and yeah. something else. He comes over, and picks up uh, sheet number six, of barbarian. Ooh. And I said they found him in a pit trap. He'd come in earlier on his own, not part of their group, like just some random guy that thought he could best do more horrors on his own his his hubers got to him. Oh Kurt. Um and, <laughs> right. And he ended up in this pit trap, and this is where he's been for like a day. And he's he's more than thankful to come out and help you if you can just get him out of the pit. And they figured out a way to like get him out of the pit and they they push him up wow. and well he had a rope on him, but so he couldn't but he couldn't attach it to anything. So he threw it up to them, and they helped work him up, and it, they got it. They got it done. Good job. So they had. So they had his weapon, and he had like a you know a, a side derp weapon. So They had two weapons to their to their party name. There you go. Some. Oh, they found old armor burnt up on like a corpse. So they had they had a little bit of, a little something something going on. Oh, but the mages couldn't so cast. Kind. Mages couldn't cast any spells that required any kind of material components. Only if it required uh, somatic and verbal. Mm-hmm. So they press on. They even made it so far as to get to the uh the first ending, the the fake ending where you face a fake Asarak with a fake Holy Avenger and then it seems like the whole world's coming down around you but it's all just an illusion. Um <laughs> and there actually is more to the dungeon. They figured it out. They figured out that they were like this good, can't be the end. Good for them. They were like did we do it? Did we win? I was like yeah, you guys did well,
1: it. Where's the genie? And
0: they were like but how do we get out? I was like I don't know. And they were like we didn't win, did we? So they didn't get to the genie. They never got to no. the genie. Um, it all ended. It all really crumpled when eventually they made, when they found the secret, like the secret sideway past the fake ending. Um, they eventually made their way to past the Indiana Jones boulders to a huge mist-filled cavern. Oh, no. And as if they didn't have enough problem with mist already of them decide to walk in the mist and you can't see through the mist. The fog is too thick to see through. So they walk in and they immediately have to make an intelligence saving throw. <laughs> if they fail if they, or maybe it was constitution saving throw it might have been con saving throw, but if they fail their intelligence becomes one. <laughs> and they can no longer speak, have coherent thoughts. They can sort of identify friend and foe Sort of, but only if actions are taken to sort of like represent those roles. Yeah, and like it, then you just become dumb. You literally can't function. Um, and the only cure is to leave the tomb and be under fresh air and daylight for like a day. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just stuck. Like, oh no, it might, maybe a restoration would have worked. Maybe. So they go in. The two of them fail. The other four meta like meta know that they fail, but like, can we go after them? I'm like, like, I'm like, well, you're kind of metaing, and they're like, all right, how long do we wait? I'm like, we they're like, okay, we wait like twenty minutes till it becomes apparent that they're not coming out of the mist. <laughs> and we go after them. And one by one, they all fail the check. That's sus. So now they're dumb. And naked. And I should also mention, seconds prior, they went to that lava room where the whole floor pitches. So they were naked and on fire. <laughs> they were as bad as it gets. They were naked and on fire and then just dumb and naked. And there was, like, in, in that room is a, uh, not a succubus, but, like, uh, another another some sort of, like, female yeah. going to, like, suck the life out of you demon. Mm-hmm. Just waiting there in the middle of the mist and they all found her, and they're all dumb, and I'm just like, this is how it ends. Like, you can't... There's nothing they could do. Yeah. They had no way of becoming... I was like, it, it ends with her slowly devouring each of you while the others aren't noticing. Rest like, in peace. That's it. And that's you know, right. Claims another victim. That's it. Claimed them all. <laughs> but it was just like, and they had fun. Um, which is a rare thing to say. Some people play two horrors, get infuriated, and they're like, this isn't D&D. This is just like, you know, D&D torture porn. Like You know what I mean? Like, how do you... What do you do? Um, but I had a blast. <laughs> it was fun to especially when they were succeeding like i was I was almost give, frustrated. Give I was like, the, this isn't hard enough. like what's give, going on here? gave them
1: the false hope they needed to keep going
0: yeah like I, but like seriously, like I wasn't like I was really like, oh, damn it five e you watered this down too much, like they're gonna get through it, and they're gonna be like this wasn't hard at all, and then they became nope. naked, and I was like, okay, well. Now we're getting somewhere. And then they became naked and on fire. And I was like, now we're really getting somewhere. And then they became naked and, you know,
1: stupid. Now I was we're like, cooking. I
0: was like, yeah. So all in all, though, I had a lot of fun running uh, running a bunch of high schoolers through uh, Tomb of Horrors. Wow.
1: Well, that's really cool, David. I hope that we can revisit it again sometime. I don't. All right.
0: I don't need to. I don't need to. If I'm like, I'll do, I would do that again. I would yeah. run it for, like, people that don't know what the heck it is or what to expect. Yeah. Just for giggles. And it's something fun to run at a a drop of a hat. I will say this, though. My review of Roll20 from a DM's perspective, it's – guys, listen. It's amazing.
1: It's what Um, we always wanted.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you're running a game and you don't want to have books and maps everywhere and you want to contain it all, it's great. And it's – you can use it even for, like – even if you're not going to use minis to battle, even if you're not going to concentrate heavily on the mechanics of battling, you're going to do everything very kind of, like, off-the-cuff, in-the-head sort of style of battle – it's still worth it because I, it, all of the information you need for your game is at your fingertips with easily accessible links for you to click.
1: Yeah. I think um, if I were to run, run the game again, um, I would forego minis just because one less thing I have to worry about. And sure. also because, like, I like it better. That's what I did. Mm, yeah.
0: I didn't place them. I had I had a... I had a little group mover token just so they could see like the general position that they were in. Yeah. But when it came to battles, like I didn't have them use their own little minis, and I didn't set minis up for them. I would just show the monster in the room, and then we would just do the battle in our heads, and that yeah. was it. And it and it was smooth, and it was quick. Yeah. You know what I mean, it 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 didn't take the time of like I walk here and I cast this mm-hmm. and do that. It was just you know it just it was smooth.
1: Nice, smooth. Yeah. Uh, so to round this out, um, that's, that's it for D&D. yeah. Uh, to round us out, we're gonna review two games because we've been playing games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to start out with the second one because it's a bit more fresh in our heads? Sure.
0: Right before we casted, uh,
1: we revisited a game we
0: played, I bought a while back, Elder Sign. Um, if you ever played the g- by Arkham- Fantasy
1: Flight Games,
0: yes, if you ever played Arkham Horror, it is uh. A, a light, I've been told I've never played Arkham Horror, but I've been told that it is a lighter version of that game. Um, a more portable, more easily accessible, playable
1: version of Arkham Horror. It's uh, um all-card-based Card uh, and dice. Card, dice, and, and little. But not, it doesn't have a board. Right. is there's what no, I need to say. There's no
0: board. <laughs> um, everything packs into a very small box. You can take it with you. Very easily portable. Um, the game is simple. It starts off with you picking one of the elder ones of the um, you know, Lovecraftian universe, uh, whether it be Cthulhu or one of the others. Um, you pick it randomly. There's a clock. You work in... Every turn is a three-hour interval turn on the clock. Mm -hmm. Every time the clock strikes midnight, because there's no noon, um, the characters sleep during the day. So every time the clock strikes midnight, you flip a a new card. The card has like an immediate effect and a lingering effect. This is getting very confusing to explain, but all you need to know is there's a big bad monster, and you want to seal it away by getting Elder Signs. You get the Elder Signs by um, beating quests, and you beat quests by... Rolling dice and sometimes augmenting those dice with certain items that you've collected by completing other quests
1: and that's pretty much it yeah I mean, that's it like in you, each you get like characters and each character has like an ability but largely they have like sanity and stamina and certain things can sap your stamina, uh, sanity or stamina
0: at, at either at any time if either one of them becomes zero uh, your character dies if there are if there are enough characters left like if you don't have a full full game like if there are characters left to play you then swap your dead character out for a brand new live character yeah. and you just keep playing until um, there are and more characters left, yeah. or until the Awakened
1: one awakens and kills everybody. Yep. Um, all in all, it's a, it, it's two to eight players, so we played it with two, but it can expand out. Uh, it's a great game, in my opinion. Um, at times, it can be very frustrating, especially if the dice don't roll your way.
0: Yeah, it is, very, it is very chance-based because, like I said, everything is a die roll. Every quest you complete is based on what you get on the dice, and therefore, it can be even my wife, who um, when I recently revisited it, said that that was her most her most frustrating part about it was that um, not getting the die rolls that she wanted. You know, it, having having that element of chance can be very infuriating mm-hmm. sometimes. So
1: there are ways to get more items to like augment your die rolls or change the rules of how your rolls go, but obviously it takes more time. Add, add dice with better yeah. statistical odds. We, we kind or- of we kind of. Like, we're just, like, forging ahead. We bulldozed Uh, that game. I mean, we got lucky. We did get lucky.
0: There's a a Doom track, and there's tokens that go on the Doom track, and if the Doom track fills up the Awakened one um, awakens, Awakens. and you (laughs) have to face them, and they're incredibly difficult, it's a lot easier to win the game by just sealing the uh, Ancient one away and, you know, um, doing that by getting the Elder Signs. Yeah. Um, we luckily did not have very many doom track.
1: Um, no, we didn't have many lingering effects either. Yeah. So we we got we got pretty lucky with our events. We got lucky with our rolls. Um, and all in all, we kind of like we we schooled it <laughs> in yeah. a way.
0: It was and you know what? It can be. Can it be a long game? Yes, it can. But in all honesty, I'd say it took us maybe half hour, forty yeah. five minutes tops. Mm-hmm
1: to uh to finish that game the the board the, the box says one to two hours so factor that in yeah um because you know even if you have multiple people it's going to end uh one way or another you yep. know because even more people just makes it go so it goes to the same base regardless um uh so all in all uh it's a solid game i recommend picking it up there are expansions i believe Really? Um, I believe I did not know that I could be wrong. I might be confusing it with another Cthulhu based game.
0: Are you confusing
1: uh, it with no, no, there are expansions. I was right. Really? Uh, yep. So many tons. Look at that. Uh, one, two, three, four, I did not know that. Uh, five, five expansions. Um, so, you know, plenty of options to expand your game. Um, and you know, I would say, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, so I would say I would give it two thumbs up. How about you, David? Yeah, two thumbs up. I Jengis and I, even though I played it the other night with um with my wife, and then
0: Jengis played it again today with me. And like I said, we had both played it before, but it had been a very long time. After playing, we both separately said the same thing in the same way, which was I forgot how good this game was. I Pretty forgot much. how much I enjoyed this game.
1: It's um, it, you know, I I um I've played a lot of Cthulhu based games. Um, cause there was a bunch, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a very common theme. Sure. Um, so like after a while I was kind of like, you know, ah, I'm not, you know, oh, I'm going to go insane or, you know, stuff like that. But, and like, uh, but like the, the gameplay is really solid, uh, the, you know, even like the Cthulhu bits of it, like there's no cultists,
0: like there's no like, uh, you know, it's, it's not, you can make it, you can make it very, you know. If you are that type of lovecraftian person the each each quest card has a bunch of like flavor text that you could be reading out loud, and like there are like little quotes and like things to give it like that style if if you if you want that bit of story and whatever but we just played, yeah, and just for playing a board game mm-hmm. it was
1: it was enjoyable, yeah the gameplay was enjoyable the the core gameplay without the the need of having the flavor of the Cthulhu mit- uh mythology is solid, you know. Um. Just you know, adding the dice, completing the quests, adding uh, an ancient one. Exactly. Yeah, it was great. Um. So I, would, I give you thumbs up. Yeah, I would. I would love to play again soon. Yeah, you know, that's that's a Definitely. great sign. <laughs> very, yeah, uh, I would love to play an with sign, to ah, might even say.
0: <laughs> I would love to play with more people too. Yeah, me too. Um. So maybe I don't know. We're we're gonna be having some people over in the near future, and you know. Maybe we'll play it again. Indeed,
1: um, uh, a game that we probably won't be playing with many people anytime soon is our next game. But I still enjoy it. Uh, the game we talk about is called Scythe. Yes, um, Scythe is a. Uh, <laughs> it's a big game. Has a ton of pieces. James uh, likes it. Can you guess what type of game it involves? <laughs> well, I don't think Scythe. Scythe might be American. Uh, I wasn't going to say
0: European. I was going to uh, say it involves worker management. And oh, placement. Yeah, it is
1: a worker management type game. Uh, not to the folks, not to the degree that like Agricola or something yeah, is, but it you, is still a worker management. You, game yeah, um, it's kind of like a mix of risk with like Agricola. Agricola. If uh, you mix risk, if that's exactly what it
0: is, <laughs> if you were to mix risk and Agricola, that's hard to say. If you were to mix risk and Agricola, you would have you would essentially have Scythe.
1: Um it's maybe supposed- it with like
0: a hint of Catan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Uh it's set in like a future Where there's not a lot of technology. Like neo future. Yeah. And the, but like Russia, the whole Russian kind of empire took over and blended with everything. Uh, the characters are like based on like, you know, there's like Russian European. Uh, There's there's, bear and there's, there's bull and there's there's fox and there's lion and and there's uh, lion and and um, eagle. eagle. (laughs) Um, and the currency has like, you know, Chinese. Uh, and Norse, and, like, it's great. Because why not? <laughs> uh, it's uh, the the characters are random, The and then there's also, like, economies, and each one is different. Like, one leans more towards military, the other leans more towards, uh, you know, agriculture, and uh, those are random as well. And then there's... The map is big. Each space has, like, a different... Uh, it generates a different resource, Um, it's a game of resources and warfare. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different,
0: um, I'm uh, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call them quests, but
1: that's a poor,
0: we call them,
1: we call them, them you're talking about the choose your own adventures. No. Oh, the missions. I'm talking about,
0: yeah, the missions. There's, I think that's what they are. No, not the missions, not the actual mission cards. Oh,
1: what are you talking about? Objectives. Okay.
0: So there's like eight there's, there's like maybe 16, I don't know how many, possible objectives that you can get. And the first person to complete six ends the game. Oh,
1: the milestones. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, where's he going I was with like, this? what do we call those? So, so yeah, there's like there's, how many milestones yeah, are there in there's, total? Uh, there's oh, uh, six, I think uh, ten. And it's when you get six? When or? you get six. The first person to get to six ends the game. And then there's more... You go one more time around.
0: Describing the gameplay is probably best done by just literally saying the milestones. And that gives you a feel for exactly what the <laughs> game is like. Like, there's a milestone for collecting um, a whole bunch of resources. Yeah. There's a milestone for having combat um, with there's another player. There's two separate
1: milestones for combat. Right.
0: Vi- victory in uh, combat. Victory in combat. Um, there's a milestone for um, upgrading all of your. Um you know, places and, and whatnot. Um, there's a milestone for completing missions, which are on these little mission cards. Um, you get a mission that's secret, and you know whenever you complete it, you flip your little card over and you complete a mission. Um, and the missions could be anything from collecting resources to battling to God knows what. Um, but anyway, point being is if you – looking at those milestones, that gives you an idea as to the the types of things that you can do in the game. Because each of those milestones are connected somehow to some sort of play – Some aspect of some the game. Some aspect of play of the game. Um, do you have a, a list of the milestones? No, I was just... looking, but it's not readily it's available. Um, like most games, for me personally um, – I always say this. I think the best way to learn a game
1: is just to play it. Um, I found myself... I, I would love to say that, but I still feel like there's a couple things that still need to be explained. See, a- was late. I would have <laughs> asked... Like, here's the thing. I think that if if there's
0: something that needs to be explained, the person can ask a question.
1: Okay. Can say, like, what is this? But I just feel like it puts you at a disadvantage if you don't know what you should be... A- like... I'm. I feel. But
0: here's the thing. I feel like that anyway. Um, we're we're talking about this because Jason explained the game to me or was explaining the game to me. It was late, mind you. But I found myself getting bored with the explanation and and it, having it be hard to follow. Scythe is a meaty game, and I like meaty games. I do. It's a hearty,
1: meaty I, stew. If, if,
0: if I didn't <laughs> like meaty games, Mage Knight would not be one of my favorites. Um, but I I like meaty games. But the problem is I don't like hearing the explanation of meaty games because I end up losing track of things or forgetting I mean, things. It's too many rules in my face at in, once. In
1: the defense of the game, I'm also a terrible at explaining games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's much easier for me as a person to just start playing with just the bare minimum of... And then just sort of to observe how – I always observe how my my fellow player is playing, what they're doing. And after I play a game, I've, it's then very easy for me to be like, okay, I get it now. Let's go back and do it. Like the moment we started playing, I was getting the hang of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I would have played completely different from the from the get-go. Oh, 100%. But that's also because I'm new. But that's that's part of the learning curve. Yeah. But I do that with every game. Um, well, there was another game we played, which we're not going to review now. Um, but what was it called? Uh, it was like a Japanese... Oh, Onitama? Ch- Onitama. Um, we'll review that yeah, in be, another
1: time. That'll probably be our next.
0: But I will say this. Um, much lighter game, much easier to explaining the rules. But even then, like the first time I played it... I sort of only basically grasped like yeah. th- the strategy of the game. Mm-hmm. I watched Jenga's run me over, and I was like, "Okay, like I got this. And I know what I, I need to do."
1: Ran him over again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the thing; like, it's that's for me that I think that's the best way to play games. I, um, I like I like I, jumping right in. My my, my I don't only, mind losing the first yeah. time and just to see. My him.
1: only concern with that is um, because a lot of the games I like to play. Are those meaty stew games? Yeah, um, that generally take a, a fair amount of time to play. Like, they have played a game called like uh, restaurant, uh, fast food, something. It's a fast food kind of game where you run a fast food empire. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to that game. I would not want to just jump into that game. I totally would, but like throw me the deep end. But that's the thing is, I want to have the the way I like to play I want to have the best chance of winning the first time I play um will I win the first time I play probably not yeah um but I like to I'm strangely competitive in that way yeah um so like a lot of don't get me wrong I'm very competitive (laughs) very but where I differ
0: is I need to I am I'm a strategist and I'm and I, I need to understand it fully. I need to see it in action. The only way I can win in my mind is if I get beaten first and I watch what my opponents have done to understand the strategy of the game. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I got Scythe the more we played, but the strategy of Scythe I was only picking up as I was watching what you were doing with yeah. it. And I was like, oh, man, like that's a much better play. Mm-hmm. I should be doing it this way or that way. You know what I mean? It's just the way I and I, I'm willing to take a loss that first time just to just to learn the game. Yeah, no, I
1: understand. Yeah, um, but still, like I like it a lot. I like the themes. I like the place. Like the play, uh, how it plays. Uh, I would, you know, it's. I own it. I'm what? going to play it again. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it would have been. Well, I did get it. I Did get a discount on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, all but all in all. Um, I would give it two thumbs up. I would also give it two thumbs There's, up. There is an expansion out. Two expansions, actually. One adds two more nations uh, and expands the game out to uh, eight players. Um, and then the other expansion adds another mechanic altogether, like uh, which is airships, and changes the game up a little bit. Hmm. Um, I'll... I don't know if I'll get them right away because I don't know when the next time I'm going to play Scythe is. But I will definitely be picking up both expansions eventually. There's also like the 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 board can flip over to be a larger size board mm. if you have more people, uh, so you're not all cramped in one. Uh, but all in all, uh, I had fun playing it. Though. Scythe is great. Yeah, um, two yeah. thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Um, so
0: that pretty much ends our podcast. So I will say
1: this though: next week,
0: the week you're, li- you're listening to this on July first. The week after, July 8th and 9th, um, if you live in New Jersey and you want to come take a trip and you have some money that you can spend, please come out to the Garden State Comic Fest at the, the Menon Arena. Sports Arena yeah. in Morristown. Yes. Um, it is July 8th and 9th, pretty much all day. It is the largest, uh, I think the largest
1: comic-con of new jersey yeah the largest comic book convention of new jersey yeah it's very much um, like an old school comic-con where yeah it's a lot of vendors it's centered um, on vendors and there, comic books more than anything but else there are artists there who are doing and pseudo celebrities
0: we yep. have uh dean dean Kang. dean Kane's coming yeah, yep. the original superman or not original but you know my original superman growing <laughs> up because you know the adventures of lois and clark
1: um, which I loved that show as a kid, and then uh, and a couple others whose names I don't remember off the top of my head. The original Flash. Oh yes. Well, no, I think he was at just the uh, the six no, flags. No, he's event. coming to go oh, and say Comic cool. Fest. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So anyway. A couple other people, pseudo-cosplay celebrities, you know what I mean? Like, if you're into the world of cosplay, there's going to be... Yeah, uh, there, there's great cosplay at
1: Garnstead State Comic Fest, yeah. too, if you're a fan of cosplay. And there's a cosplay competition yes. again? Yeah. Um, anyway, Geekade will be there en masse. Uh, we'll be doing um, a panel on Saturday yeah. with a couple of our, uh, other of our Geekade comrades. Um, you
0: can check out the full list of um, events and uh, guests On the Garden State Comic Fest website. That's right. Um, And as well as you can also order tickets. Um, I'm sure you can still buy tickets at the door. Yep. Uh, So if you haven't gotten tickets already, you should get tickets. Please, please, please come on out and support this great comic convention. Mm -hmm. Um, Because really...
1: Uh, it deserves support. And you could bring your kids. It's you can bring fun. your kids, it's kid friendly. On uh, Sunday not- I know that they have like a, a lightsaber combat uh workshop panel, I believe. And it's not New York Comic Con prices. We're not asking for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars here. Yep. It's not super crowded either. Yeah. So like it's fun. It's low key, but it's it's right well next worth- to Morristown. You could come for like the for like the afternoon and then go get dinner in morristown if you're from south jersey there's a train station that hits right into morristown i'm
0: just saying like you know what i mean like you can get there um if you're from new york hey come on out yeah. if you're from california you'd have to take a plane but we we'd have you <laughs>
1: we would have you um welcome to joy yeah
0: <laughs> uh, but anyway
1: that's it um, um hopefully
0: we'll see you there please stop by um both of us will be there probably Saturday. Um, I know Jengs will be there Sunday. I ha- yes. I'm not sure if I will be there Sunday yet. Um, but if you don't see us um, at the panel, um, please come to the Geek Aid booth. Um, at some point or another, we will be there and say hi to us and talk yeah. to us.
1: See our lovely faces. Tell us what you like about the cast. Tell us what you like about Geek Aid. Speaking um, of telling us what you like about Geek Aid, uh, you could also leave us a review on <laughs> iTunes or whatever you're – your podcasting aggregator is yeah. Or a comment on the website, whatever it may be. Um, an email. We'll take anything. Yeah. Mail at geek.com. Yeah. You can even send a tweet to me. Jengiz at the Omni geek on Twitter. And you can just, even if you want to send a message to Dave, let me know. I'll tell them. You can just pray. If you pray, I'll hear it.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, And on that note... (laughs) On that note, have a wonderful month. Yeah, have a happy 4th of July. A fantastic 4th of July. And hopefully we'll see you at the Garden State Comic Fest. Take care.
1: Bye.